All right, welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. We're going to get together today, but these things just fall to the wayside. I was going to get Chris over. Chris is a high-flying suit-wearing uh, tab employee these days, hanging in the city till all hours of the night. So we had to get in Zoom. It took us a long time to get audio working because we are not uh, the IT wizards here. I've got Kohai sitting in a pub, Tom at home, Chris is now at home as well. Uh, boys, cracking weekend. Derby Day is one of the greats. There's obviously racing at Rose Hill, a couple of good ones. Some good stories around racing as well. I think one of the crackers is we talked about better um, in the last few weeks. Everyone sort of made an account, taking the 100 to 1s and stuff. We have friends that have waited for the Melbourne Cup so they could jump on and just make sure they're running and pass vet checks and stuff. Their liability has obviously gone through the roof and they've had to scrap 100 to 1 on the two favourites, which is Loft and the Doville runner. So, Chris, this is pretty funny in my opinion. I think that this was their promotion, 100 to 1, up until the race and whatever. They shut themselves. Their liability was five times what they thought on Animo. And you can only think, and that was only 20 to 1, you can only think what it would be like for the cup, right? Yeah, how good. Good on them. It's, it's good that... It feels like the punters have won one almost, even though we've still got some major days in spring to go. Uh, I have a ticket on Loft in the Melbourne Cup at 100 to 1, so I'm excited about that. I didn't, I wasn't on Animo. I thought I'd get cute and and took Zaki, who I was tipping in the Cox Plate, and with as they entered the home turn, I was thought I was a genius still. Some good stories coming out of it. You're hearing a lot of people who backed Animo, people collecting and got a few things going, and I still, I, I've kind of questioned it the whole way along and how is it, how is it going to work? It, surely there's some catches. It's too good to be true, but let's see what happens, I guess. I think it's a cracker. Obviously, when you said Zaki, we met, we were under the impression that if it won the first race, I think it was whatever race beforehand, we wanted it to win the cock. So, Animo, Freak, uh, I, I was obviously down there. It was an absolute shit fight. I don't really want to go into my night of the Manicato night, but... Shit fight. Geelong was fun, yeah. though. Um, we feel sorry for you, mate. We really feel sorry for you. I didn't... I, mate, I left a poker table on the drink, winning, thought I'll go catch the quaddy legs of Manicato, get, get there, lightning, delay of half-hour, delay of another half-hour, and it gets to that point where there's pissed young fellas just wanting to punch on on the, gra- on the grass and, like, slide through mud and tackling security guards and shit. And like, oh, I'll hang around for the Manicato. They'll run that. And then just shit hit the fan and man, it was chaos. But obviously Geelong was fun. Geelong was a cracker. Geelong was fun. But um, Tommy, I hope you got on Loft or Doville Legend, one of the two, and didn't wait. Uh, yeah, my fiance uh, did. She got on Loft actually uh, last night. So it was good timing. I sort of went off early. I backed Allegra on a couple of weeks ago, thinking that it'd run well in the Caulfield Cup, but still in it. With a chance, yeah, it was good for me on the weekend. It was very nice. Coey, who have you backed for the Cup so far? I think we'll jump on and probably do a, which we've done in the last few years, jump on Monday night or something and do something for the Cup. But did you jump on early on either of the two faves? I'm on Doville Legend at the moment, so I can't complain. Um, I just thought loss is the obvious danger, but uh, just watching a couple of replays and hearing a little bit of murmurs about how good this horse was over there. And, yeah, like I... I I think the two favourites are looking tip-top, so to speak. So I couldn't be against it. I'm already on it for 10... Oh, it sounds weird to say I'm only on it for 10 bucks, but 10 bucks turns into a 1000 So how good? Like, I, I can't complain. 
it's wild that in, with anyone else, you put 10 bucks, you're winning like $48, but everyone's got this sweat going for um, a cool grand, which is, look, I'll, I'll take my hat off to those blokes, like took a hell crack at this with 100 to 1. They're obviously up for a stack if one of those two favourites win, but good on them. Um, Derby day, though, one of the greats. Chris, I hope you've done the absolute format your ass here because some of these races are crackers and they're actually quite tough to pick, to be honest. I'll mention before we go into some of the races, just typical typical Victoria, right? Stewards, when we're going to do a barrier draw for the Coolmore. I'm not sure how this happens, but you they do a barrier draw. They don't have number 14. And, you know, you might be cheering with a, whatever horse you back and you're stoked with the barrier. They have to redo it again. I'm not too well-versed. Chris, you probably worked in this sort of stuff with, like, Racing New South Wales and know how all this sort of stuff works. Would that ever happen on Volandi's watch? I remember a couple of years ago, there was an uproar where uh, someone at Racing New South Wales accused one of the racing officials of, of the ATC for putting barrier things that they pick up in like a weird order and communicating that to trainers and stuff. And it was a full uproar. And I think the claim kind of came out of nowhere and it wasn't really founded. But there's no way it would happen in New South Wales. But yeah, it's, it's, oh, you just, when I saw it happen, it was just, you were just cringing. You just go, how does this happen? Like, what have you done? And the, one of the big weeks of the year when you haven't had this week properly advertised and properly fully crowded and, and no excuses for anyone for three years. And then something like that happens, you just go, ah. it's just, it's just such a racing thing to happen. You just, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm used to it. You just laugh and go, whatever. I wasn't surprised, to be honest. The fact that they redid it and just because they're missing a barrier is just... At the same token, the handicappers in New South Wales changing that horse's rating just to get it oh. in the field. And I can, I completely get it. You want that horse in the field, right? Like, it's a better proposition for the race. It's a, it's a, makes it a more interesting punting race. But if you're the horse that misses out, it's a stitch-up. Like, yeah. and if, if, let's just say, what happens if, a board member owned a horse that was the one that missed out. It wouldn't happen. There'd be something like the rules would do, be completely different. So that's the thing that I think's dodgy is that it's probably the right call what they've done, but it just wouldn't be consistent across any other horse. What did you What did you make of Durston getting scratched, Tommy? Uh, we talked about Durston obviously winning Caulfield Cup and. Look, probably was a decent chance in the Melbourne Cup, but it's been scratched pretty much straight after uh, that multi-billionaire, whatever lady, sort of bagged out the cup. It was pretty much scratched pretty quickly with a little bit of a bruise. Chris Waller put out a press release. I think he was a bit of tongue-in-cheek, a bit of sarcasm from him. What do you reckon? I thought he actually handled it pretty well. Like, um, I think that would have been very gutted about everything, but I thought the... It was actually pretty classy. He, he just took it on the chin and, and kept going. There's been a couple of decisions uh, from a few people. I think the benchmark and the, the rating system, as Chris was talking about lately, has sort of opened up its self. Like you always see horses after a win or after they come, like always subject to change. And it was always bound to have something like this happen, and especially in a big $10 million race. And they put two extra horses in. And now Victoria is saying that um, there's a whole debacle with the barrier draw. And now, Justin, I, I, it just screams that they're terrified of getting a runner um, okay. uh, die on Cup Day. I, I know, and just anything, um, anything wrong with a horse at all, they're they're just terrified of anything going wrong, which is really a shame because 
I think Durston's shown some really good form. It's come through some provincial cups. It's won Newcastle Cup and then gone the City and then uh, won a Caulfield Cup from um, not having a run until race day and then getting an emergency and run. I'm, I feel gutted for the connections. But, um, yeah, I guess it's something that they've just got to do because we can't have our biggest days uh, marred with um, horses hurting themselves, which we've seen in the past. Before we go into any races, is there any other racing topics you want to mention? Otherwise, I'm going to start with Flemington and then go to Rose Hill. Anything before? Yeah, there's just one thing, Zach. I know um, after hearing that Greyhound call, like you're you're an aspiring young caller yourself. How would you go with uh, race one at Eagle Farm? See, yeah. Um, for anyone that doesn't know... You want to do a phantom call, mate? <laughs> What's well, this? No. And... Uh, there is not many worse race callers than me. And everyone sort of saw that last year when I had to randomly call a magical was the Mandra race. Tommy Shelby. Anyway, uh, race one at Eagle farm has 12 starters. 11 of them are Les Ross, all starting with Mashani when John Hubbard is there, which is magic of Milo. I messaged Josh Fleming earlier. I was going to try and get him on here and try and give us a phantom call just for five minutes, but um, I was a bit rushed. But we, I don't even know how they do this. They're all going to have similar silks. What is there that many coloured caps? Like Mashani Redigade, Mashani Raider, Mashani Tycoon, Mashani Valor, Mashani Star, Mashani Twilight, Mashani Mystique, Mashani Metallic, Mashana Sienna, Mashani Eagle, Mashani Flat. It's only 10 runners, by John Thomas. That's a, so it's, 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 it'll be nine of the 10. So I mean, but. If I was the trainer of Magic of Milo or Milo Scratch or whatever, I'd be like, <laughs> you know what'd be funny? I'd be getting rid of it and just be like, yep, the, the two emergencies proceeding. Don't get rid of it, Cowie. Let's change the name for the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even better. Nah. Go in and win the race. Um, it was funny. One of the uh, jockeys that is nommed in one of the emergencies was pretty vocal about some of these. Um, we got messaged by old Brody Lloyd. Um, but yeah, cracker. If you're not listening, if you don't, if you're going to be watching Derby Day, you're going to be watching Rose Hill. Be sure to watch the first at Eagle Farm at 11:15 a.m. because it's just going to be funny. And just hearing Josh trying to do that, it's going to be a it's going to be a cracker. And no, I'm one of the worst race callers in history. If I ran out of things to say once I've said them all, and I'll probably just call the numbers. Um, Melbourne Cup is Tuesday. I think so. The Archer Stakes is the next they can win that go to the cup, right? How aren't they bucked? Aren't they buggered? So we got like Surefire is a four dollar favorite. Surefire went around um, at Geelong last week when I was there, and I remember getting mail from the one and only Nick Quinn, who's now Ladbrokes, and he was like, The stable hate it, it's no good, whatever. Ran a pretty good second, to be honest, to emissary. Tommy Torse Allegron's there at fives. Macram for the Hayes boys is there. Realm of Flowers. I've had a few questions about that already. Someone wrote to me today, do we think it's a chance in the cup? Don't know. It's running. It's nommed there as well. Plenty at odds. Coey, you know, you cut well. I don't know this too well, but can they run two and a half Ks on Saturday and do well on the Tuesday? How often does it happen? I don't know what the statistic is. I mean, Chris might know better, but I'm pretty sure the great Bart Cummings 11 of his yeah. 12 cup winners were running on the Saturday into the Tuesday. So if you follow the old tradition of, I guess, you know, run the Saturday, get some miles on the legs and then 
back it up on the Tuesday. I mean, he's the proof in the pudding, I guess. Like, he's it, been there, done that. So, like, it, initially, um, when the noms initially got announced on whenever it was, Ed Cummings had Juaius, Dais, however you pronounce it, nommed for the Empire Rose to back up into the cup. And we thought, oh, shit, here comes a family tradition all over again. And unfortunately, he did pull up pull out of the uh, Empire Rose, but regards to that, I mean, I think historically, I mean, Bart won his, what, 12 Melbourne Cups between the 70s right through to 2000s, so give or take 40 years, he won 12 Cups, so, and 11 of which he followed that exact mad madness, you might think, so I guess you can, like, I mean, I'm no trainer, so I wouldn't have a clue, Tommy would probably have more of an understanding of that training side of things, but I mean, it's one in what essentially worked out in one in four times, it worked. So, yeah, I can't really fault it. Chris, another interesting thing, J-Mac obviously aboard Shorefire as the favourite. He's nommed for 37 of the races over the whole carnival. He's literally got a ride in every single race. And on Saturday, I believe he's on five favourites. So he might even, his last, last year he took the piss, right? He Everest, Melbourne Cups, everything. He won everything at Flemington. Five favourites plus a ride in every single race, technically, and no scratchings or whatever. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, who wins this distance race, mate? Two and a half of the best. Race number two, it comes up early. Uh, yeah, look, a few things to just touch on before I get into that. I think Coe handled that pretty well. I think he just hit the nail on the head. I think the whole thinking is you've got to be really tough to win a Melbourne Cup. So if you're not really there in your preparation, the way to switch them back on and get them rock hard is by racing in this race leading in. In terms of the race, I kept it simple. I think Allegron is the best horse, got no query on the distance. Shorefire was good in Geelong. The interesting thing about Shorefire is they've got to go quick up front, which you just you just don't know what the tempo is going to be in these staying races at the moment, especially in Melbourne. They've been pretty slow generally all season. The one I was really keen on in at Geelong was interpretation. Because there was no speed, had the lead there for it, and then it just chose not to go forward. I just completely pulled my hair out as soon as I jumped, and they you see him take hold. And hopefully, Melum. It was also lame. Ends up being lame that day, but I think if Melum's a little bit more aggressive and settles forward, can probably run a good race. But I, I just thought a leg was the easy pick here. Leg run. I think Macram might be a chance. I think Macram, I think Lindsay Park might go one, two. Tijuana is a bloody good horse in the first. Tom, you got any thoughts in race two? No, I'm a big fan of Legron, as I've said before, and, and a big fan of Shorefire. Um, some really big owners, and um, uh, it ran really well uh, last Saturday as well. Do you reckon J Mac gets tired? Like, <laughs> does it get tired? I know it's not tiring. Getting cash. 30, if he's racing every race. Four times a week, high pressure, big fields, big crowds, interviews. You get buggered, sure. Baby on we the way. Asking, baby on I the way. We should be asking every person we speak to in the industry at the moment who is a better jockey, Zach or J Mac. Build up this rivalry. Just, just create it out of nowhere. They're probably mates. So let's just build this rivalry. Up and hopefully they meet. Yeah. Sorry, to interrupt Tom. Well, Zach's no. killing, Zach's killing Chartin, isn't he? He's going to win another thing over there. But Joe was not there though. 
Yeah, true. Pile of cash. So I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, what? Yeah. Does Does J Mac really get tired counting cash, winning Everest, winning cups, buying houses in Vaucluse? He's more likely to get RSI flicking through the hundy. I think uh, who's who's got it who's got it tougher, J Mac or Guesty? Oh, <laughs> Guesty's got about a seven story mansion because of J Mac. So I mean, I don't he know. Like they would come to him. He wouldn't have to do anything. He'd be blocking people off. He'd get multiple offers a fucking race. So. All right, Allegra on for you lads. I'm going to skip to the group ones. We can come back at the end if you like anything else at Flemington, but we'll go to the Coolmore. Um, in Secrets going around, bloody good horse, J-Mac on it for a change, barrier nine, coming off a second where it got run down by Jackano, one of mine. Funny that, Jackano is the second favourite. D-Lane, he's drawn 16. Coolangatta going around at 750. Williams is aboard. Didn't get to run in the Manicato the other night. Got scared shitless by that thunder. Uh, Bunos Notches, one of Tom's economics, best of Bordeaux. So Jardin, good win as well. Uh, but in secret going around, uh, Coey, let's go to you. In secret going around, 360 favourite, Jack and O behind it at fives. Tricky one. I, I really like, this is a proper betting race, this. Because historically looking back, I mean, I, I guess I'm only looking back nine years, but Chris Wallace won five of the last nine Coolmores. And quite a lot of them with a little bit of a space between second place as well. Like, I mean, you look at Home Affairs last year, brained them, and look where he elevated to. He's now at stud, unfortunately. But this is a stallion-making race. And I don't know, like, you look at this, and do I get the stallion vibe? Not not really. Jackano's the only clear one for me. Like, Best of Bordeaux's been okay without being great for mine. So Jardin the like. Um Looking at the map, though, like, Jackano's drawn 16, Best of Bordeaux drawn 17, Sajardin 12. Like, you're looking at the New South Welshman, so to speak. Well, I mean, Jackano, not a New South Welshman, but regardless, the favouritism is drawn wide. I know it's coming down the stretch of Flemington. Once again, Chris will probably know better in the sense that would you rather be on the outside fence or the inside fence? I am going to assume you want to be kind of drawn between one and eight anyway in that mid portion of things. Mm. That's, I think a lot of them seem to drift to the centre of the track when they come onto the course proper and then kind of find the rail as they're kind of closing off late. But once again, these Flemington carnivals, like, I mean, because you got five days, well, four days, four days of racing. Oh, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a lot of racing. And this is day two. You don't know how it's going to progress, this and the other. Oh, it's tricky. There is a lot at odds. And Buenos Notches, I mean, 15... Froggy's on it. Who would have thought? I mean, that's still half a chance. Economics was really, really good. But once again, it's drawn 14. So a lot of these favoritism, favorited horses are drawn wide. And I, I just don't know the battle of tactics that have got to go with it. Because a lot of these are go, go forward types. Maybe Bar, Jackano and Sajardin. So do you prefer to be on a back marker or a midfielder? Or do you rather be up front? I don't know. Like tactically, I haven't the map for this race per se. But Chris will probably answer all my questions very shortly. Chris, what what about with Coey mentioned Bunos Notches? I'm pretty sure the last start it just missed Giga Kick, who's come out and won an Everest. Well, I reckon they're going to split here, Coey, which yeah. I some people don't like, but I absolutely love because then you get two races in the one race. I am doing form; it's the greatest thing ever to find stuff out of it. But yeah, I reckon they might split. It is hard to to predict how the track is going to go because they have had a lot of rain and weather down there recently and all this this wall that's gone up that's pushing the water around they reckon the track's going to be 
untouched and all the, the neighbourhood suburbs are flooded. But they are, I think they'll end up splitting. You mentioned Benis Noiches, ran gear kick to half a length. It's a, what I like to call a backmarking flea. It has run on in races when there's been a hot tempo up front. It's not the kind of horse I look for because I prefer horses that race on the speed and have that tactical kind of versatility out of the gates that can make their own luck. But this is a huge field. There's a bunch of horses that want to go forward. So it does look to set up nicely for bonus matches because the speed will be on. One thing I wanted to mention was this class of three-year-olds, the Phillies have been better across the board the whole way. And it's just, we get to this race, which is a stacked field and really big names. And Jack and O's run a good race in the Everest and Buenos Noches. And Economics, who someone mentioned as well, is, is in this. Cool and Gutter in secret and even Queen of the Ball technically have probably had the best resume. And, and if you're going off figures and, and time figures that they've run, they're the ones that have set the bar. In saying that, <laughs> I found a bit of a roughie in Duel, which comes out of the same giggy kick bonus notches race it's the one that was on the on the tempo making the speed took all the pressure and mapped and and kind of held on really well i think he would have learned from that can maybe get a bit of cover a nice ride here and it's 61 dollars at the moment 71 there you go 71 dollars and 15 bucks the place i love it when you can find something like that tommy are you giving dual any chance i like chris's reasoning and i can see why he's saying that but I think this in secret is a very, very good horse. Uh, it's um, not a lot's been made of its run in the Golden Rose, and it was actually huge. It was only because it was one of the best wins ever in Jackano beating it that uh, we forget about how good in secret's actually been going. And I think in secret at 1200 is a way better horse than Jackano. And I think 360 is a great price for it. So uh, I've got to be with the favourite. We do get a 1,200-metre race, I think race three or four. So we do get to see what the track's going to do. If there is a lot of speed and 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 they are coming from the front and they could overdo it a bit, um, something like Buenos Noches for sure. It's had the uh, couple of ticks at Flemington and um, been on it at a couple of big prices. So probably got to put something fun in each way. But I, I just think In Secret's too good. They deliberately didn't run their best horse in the Everest um, to run in a race like this. And they're just thinking about the breeding season, even though uh, it is a filly. And yeah, I, I just think it's the best horse in the race and I'm going to go with In Secret. Sorry, I'll be real quick, Cody. Go, going back to Golden Rose Day, outside of the 1100 metre races, the Golden Rose came home the absolute quickest and the adjusted time In Secret. You can get numbers back that up. I just uh, just to add to it, I guess as well. I think the the late season three year olds have been far superior to the what was the great two year olds. So I I think that kind of in secret Jack and O form line definitely sticks strong as well. Does anyone give any love to Natuno? Obviously, this thing's been knocking at the door to have a good run. Forty ones. Oh, it's it's over the um, odds at twenty three dollars. You could definitely attain it but um it's sort of uh been going up against these other horses that um are in this race as well and sort of just coming up short i think if we get around a six or a five it'll definitely um enjoy the softer even better ground but yeah i it, it has it has won on heavy and that before but i yeah i just i i just think there's too much class in that race if natuno wins this race i will walk it home to tony Gollant naked 
Hang on. Can't Keep win. it up. Just got to write down that can't quote. Can't win. Just he cannot write, win. Just got to write down that quote. Hang on. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Derby. Um, shits me knowing that Barkley Square won last start and I got a few messages saying, congrats, you won your multi, just being sarcastic when it wasn't my the one I needed. But Barkley Square has gone around at the fave. Um, sharp and smart. Bloody good. It was really good last start. Um, just ran down elliptical in Sydney. It's 350 now. Mr. Maestro. Pericles, Mamasa. Um, an interesting runner, and I just backed it as well, is a mutual friend of all of ours said his biggest futures bet was on man's voice of the entire spring. Backed it at 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, whatever. I've jumped on at 30s just in case, but I have not, don't know much or not. He, he ran okay, I guess. Pikey was aboard last week, but now it's Mickey D. Look, I don't know. Bloody hard. It's, like I said, really upsets me that Bucky Square won last start. Might win again. Chris? Yeah, look, I'll start this off by saying I've been going through this race runner by runner, and you mentioned that I've been a big city boy and uh, busy at work this week. I'm, I'm up to Berardino, the number 12, so I've still got to go through these bottom ones. But what I've got so far, Sharp and Smart got every favour in the spring champion, and he's just not likely to get that situation again. Berkeley Square, a little bit similar. I had the perfect run of the valley. Has that will to win, but not that tough kind of derby chance for me. Happy to kind of take those two on, taking up a bit of the market. Mr. Maestro's been one that I've kind of been following with Derby in mind the whole prep. He's consistently been doing it and like a tough horse, can settle near the speed and don't think the distance will worry him. Has to do a little bit extra from the draw, but Muramasa come out of the same race as it last start, drawn perfectly, eats up the trip. You know it's going to get the distance and it's the right price. So I'm quite keen on Muramasa so far. Muramasa, you're getting 15 of the best for that. Coey, who are you with? Well, it's kind of a no bet race for me at the moment because I've got so many futures bets rolling into this at the moment. So I think I've got six of the 16, I guess, run or 17 runners, so to speak, already on futures tickets. So Be nice. Yeah, at the moment, as we think, uh, I'm actually not on anyone because I'm on too many. Um, they're all bonus bets at the end of the day. So at the same time, like, I'm happy that all, uh, I'm happy that six of them are alive. Like I never see that. Um, saying that, I don't know if I agree totally with Chris in the sense that Sharp and Smart got the run of the race. I, I, it ran fucking three wide, four wide the trip. And I think it just showed how brave and tough he is. And uh, it, it bringing him back to level weight, 57 kilos across the board, I think that's beneficial. It's got runs on the board. Um, the, it wasn't the strongest field on that day. I get it. Like, you know, you don't see any of the Primitos or the so forth going into the derby this start. But Saying so, no, that, no, I think, you know, when, when Rog is confident, uh, Graham Rogerson's confident, I mean, you have to be on board, you know. Like, he, he knows when a, a derby horse is in the making and he's been planning for this for months and I can't disparage him. Like, I think he, he is a good horse and he's waited well with J-Mac on board. So, I mean, it's hard to lean otherwise. Berkeley Square was great, but I'm on that too. So, I've got no other interest but the six tickets I've got at the moment. Graham did say that his horse would win the derby, but Chris, feel free to rebuttal, mate. Nah, look, when I say he got the run of the race, I mean, he was three wide for a little bit, but I think that inside was probably not the better going. He kind of got cover in a crucial time. And look, to your point, he got himself in that position. So that's a positive attribute, right? And so if he's done that once, why can't he do that again? It's just 
on on a shorter backup. Like I prefer to be on elliptical. I thought elliptical had, was a much better run last week in the spring champion. So if it wasn't the right run in that race, now it's got to come to a tougher race in a bigger field where you've got to be more adaptable and get over further. So more things have to go right. And then you want to take four dollars about it. It's just that's just not what I look for. But like it's look like I've been wrong before and crazy things have happened. I'm surprised that elliptical isn't running though at the same time. I think that the connections were searching for that the elusive group one during the three-year-old season. So I'm kind of surprised. It mustn't have pulled up great or whatever the case might have been. I don't know. But I would have thought that this would have been a peach of a race if it ran. So I don't know if they've just kind of gone a little bit easy or, or maybe too too hard too early and gone into the spring champion opposed to going to the derby where it would have been probably perfect for it. So I, I'm not sure. I, um, I, I really like um, both of what you're saying about Sharp and Smart. Uh, I actually, I, I somehow agree with both of you in saying that it, its wins haven't been that great, but it's done enough to win. And that's what you want to see, especially in a, a derby sort of horse. My worry is to step up as well. But again, just you keep asking this horse and it keeps getting it done. McDonald on. It's, um, I think it's going to be some effort if it does win. I, do, I don't want to back it, but I, I'd be, um, yeah, I, I'd still be elated if it won because, yeah, I think it's a really good story with a horse. And, um, yeah, Rogie's been pumping his tyres up since the uh, Brisbane Carnival and said he's going to come back and win this derby. So it, it's really yeah, – it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. And McDonald on, I think, is a big help as well. I, I've never seen Bowman so happy coming back to um, scale either on a horse. He, uh, I think he was very impressed with it as well. But – I think I'd be with Mr. Maestro. I just think it's the uh, the form's been a bit better. The gate's a massive worry, but um, Forsman, um, uh, I'm big rap to him on his own now. But he he's got a good one here, and it's um, it's just been screaming screaming for the Derby the last few runs. So I think it's gonna um, yeah, gonna run huge. I got to be with it. Berkeley Square, I can't take it the price. We saw what it did a couple of starts ago at a really short price and. Yeah, I I just I got to be with other ones, and I think Bjorkon the Godolphin thing might be a bit of a knockout as well. But I'm going to go Mr. Maestro. All right, Mr. Maestro. I'm just keeping. I've got both Sydney and Melbourne markets in front of me. This light infantry I've just been sitting on the Golden Eagle has been three dollars to three fifty to three ten to two ninety to three ten. So either there's a lot of money back and forth, or the traders are having an absolute fit. How much you put on it? nothing zero i haven't backed anything in that the empire rose this is i've heard a lot of m words for this horse uh le creek jmac on another favorite it's 290 into 240 today did open 320 yesterday um it's a pretty good race though you got she's liberty split nimily which would be enormous ice bath is not one of mine but god if that wins it'll very surprise me palazepan is there kiss on all four cheeks even yearning's been backed a little bit uh, Tommy, you got Kiku in the race. Exolita's there. God, I don't know. Um, Chris, you know my Melbourne man is La Creek A M O R A L. I don't think anything's an M O R A L on this day. It's just such a competitive race, and so many good stables and jockeys and everyone connections have just this marked as Grand Final day. For, for Melbourne, 
So no, it's not immoral in saying that the form is pretty strong uh, around his mare. And if the rain is about like it is forecast, that obviously helps these Kiwis like because they just swim in it. So it's, but it's a deep race. There's, there's, you know, you're not going to get fangirl and hinged. I don't think. So um, my no. whisper who had a good win last week, will get a start. Elusive express has been a tough mare, probably not reached its best yet. And then, you know, kiss on off for cheeks. You mentioned um, Nimalee and who knows if ice bath and Nimalee go there, Kiku as well. It's, it's a, just a real deep race. What about you, Tommy? You give a, you're going to have a couple of bucks on Kiku? Yeah, a couple of injury uh, queries about Kiku, but um, I think if he runs, it's definitely better than a $26 chance. I've got to be with Ice Bath, to be honest. I, I actually think it's Flemington runs have been massive. Rocket at home, I think it was this race last year or another race down here, and um, off the backup of its invitation win, and it ran really massive. And I think back to the Phillies and Mares, I think it will suit Ice Bath. Will I won? Um, I like it at thirteen dollars, especially if we're getting a bit of rain. Uh, I think, I think everything's to tick for ice bath. The weight, the weight's not great, but um, I, I think it's a massive chance, and I think it's been competing against better horses at the moment, and it'll be rock hard fit. In saying that, Nimalee, Nimalee too will be a big watch as well. But I'm gonna be with ice bath at thirteen dollars. I, I really like it. Joey, if I mention you, I'm. I may have read a stat today that D Oliver is going for three in a row here in the Empire Rose, or he's won four or something pretty good. It'd be pretty enormous if he wins on Nimalee. I think Nimalee is actually a really good chance. I mean, he's won the last two, definitely. He won on Collet last year and the year before he won on Shout the Bar. So it's definitely a true stat. Uh, and if it is his fourth one this year, he did win a couple of years back aboard. It's Let a me have ball, a look. Yeah. On Hurdle Myrtle. So, I mean, Hurdle Myrtle uh, was trained by Matthew Smith, so it would be a fitting fitting kind of picture. Uh, first and fourth, why not? Um, I, I, I've been following Nimalee for a long time, and, I mean, I do like the horse. I think that the, I, I do like the quick backup. I do. I, it, it's one of those things, like, it's such an honest, honest horse, and it kind of takes luck out of the equation. It's drawn barrier two again. Um, it, it's got a soft draw. It can run on any surface. I think it's probably more likely, like Chris mentioned, that it'll probably be on the soft range. So it'll be, you know, a little bit, a uh, bit of a give on the ground, so to speak. I reckon if it wins one more group one, this mare will go straight to the breeding barn, essentially. I think there will be a good chance that we might not see her again, but... Saying that, she has done me well, and it's hard to knock her. As for the the favourite, Le Creek, I was going to ask Chris the fact that uh, it's obvious. I don't know how much he knows about their horse as well, because obviously it's a quick, uh, Kiwi horse, but it's so softly it's bubble wrapped this horse because I mean it, it won or no, it didn't win, but it came second or third in a Derby, a New Zealand Derby, and that's usually the perfect form line to kind of bring it over into Australia for a derby season. But obviously that wasn't to be the case. They've kept it safe. And now as a four-year-old, it's coming over to Australia to earn a couple more group ones. Mm. I think it has to be respected. Um, but once again, uh, I don't know. It, it's so hard with Kiwi form nowadays because, I mean, Kiwi form back maybe five, six years ago used to be red hot. Like you see someone come over, you go bang. I want to be on that. But as of late, 
I mean, saying that, like, I mean, um, what's the other thing in the red, one, green? That one the other day as well. Uh, Algon? Al, I can't even remember what it's called. But regards to that, um, the Kiwi form in itself, far shun smart this season, has been disproved. So I don't know if I want to be on such a shorty regards to the connections and J-Mac on board. So I want to be on something that's local, like uh, Nimalee. Beautiful, if Nimalee wins. All right, that's Melbourne. Yeah. Chris, mention something for me if we want Melbourne. Otherwise, we're going to Rose Hill. Uh, yeah, just quickly, in the Empire Rose, if it gets a start, Pride of Jenny, which is currently the third or fourth emergency is a sneaky chance, but if not, it's racing in race five. Prospect, who I think I've tipped on this podcast before, but gets a really winnable race down the straight earlier on. Hopefully, it's not too heavy and it will go close. Which one's that? Serious suspect in race three. This is the one you said will run a place and it looked, looked sure thing for a place and then got a stitch. All right. That is the one. <laughs> Melbourne, Melbourne done. We are skipping to race number six, the Rose Hill Gold Cup. I backed quality time for the big dance. It is going around as favourite here. I don't know if it's going to be running in both. So, anyway, uh, big dance is going around as a favourite. Tommy's aboard. Uh, we've got a, another horse where Jamie Spencer is uh, riding for <laughs> in various 12. I won't probably try and... Um, pronounce it we got six pretty honey creepers going around one of mine stockman star of india we got yonkers pinarello lord ardmore it's an all right race um tom thoughts why de jean why de jean why de jean well done <laughs> um no mate i actually i, I watched this last run and it, it, it was actually really impressive it's a big great thing and it'll be really interesting to see how it goes uh jamie spencer on it um I didn't mind it. Quality time, yeah, not sure. I think they're going to see how they draw in the big dance uh, when the field's come out tomorrow and then make a decision there what quality time does. So it's, yeah, not too sure. I think this is Stockman's Melbourne Cup trial. We talked about um, the Archer and Lexus uh, in Melbourne getting the horses fit. Um, I think they're all, they're just athletes, these animals. Some, some need a run into another big race and can run all day. Some need you see snap dance from Vidora and a few other sprinters. They need a month off between runs and then they compete. But mm. um, I think Stockland can win uh, definitely, but I think it's going to be a lot drier than it's used to. I think it will be there for the get out. Uh, you said one of yours, Zach Honey Creeper. I think, um, I think for sure it was, it's run was huge. Uh, last start, just getting uh, nabbed on the line in the last the other day. And uh, uh. yeah, but I, I thought the run was really good. So I, I think I want to be with Honey Creeper here. I th- I really like that run, and I think if uh, on an improving track as well, it'll run pretty well. Kelly, Rosie will go cut. Honey Creeper, my black book, last start, and this seems good to me. I, I know it, it's drawn car park, which is a little bit of a worry, but I think it is the class animal. Uh, I think the likes of Stockman, I think, yeah, the drawing track's going to be a little bit of a, a question mark. Polly Gray could improve second mm. up. I Please. definitely see improvement, and I think everyone thinks it's a tough mudder, which it is. Well, he, she, I'm not actually sure. But regardless, uh, it's, it can handle all conditions. So I wouldn't be disparaged by the price. I think it's a really good, oh, I mean, a place price, for example. Sake. So I'd be taking, keeping that safe. But Honey Creeper looks really good. I know, what was it? Bois de Gent. Um, <laughs> well done, mate. L- l- let's call it Bois de Argent. Close. Um, uh, Bois de Argent. 
it's hard to map something like this. I know that it's got the European form. It's it's run up against handy enough types from what I've read anyway. Like, I, I don't know if it's a world beater at this stage. I don't think so. It's coming out of listed company and it's won a couple of those kind of long shot races in France. But uh, it definitely pricks your ears up when you see something like this come into the Sydney Carnival late in the piece, so to speak. So you have to keep that safe. But I am happy to just go Honey Creeper all the way here if, if quality time comes out. Quality time, I think, will run in the big dance myself. I'm not sure. But if quality time runs, he's got the perfect barrier. Tommy Berry booked and all the above. So I see it, well, figuring in the finish. But, yeah, Honey Creeper's hard to look by. All right. Tom, Kohai, both Honey Creeper. Chris, you had a look at any of these? Oh, I haven't had a good look, but Honey Creeper's one of mine. So I'll back the boys in. Nature Strip Stakes, uh, pretty good race. There's a lot of... um. Everest horses going around. Lost and running. Obviously didn't see it on Everest Day. Unlucky to the tab. 260. Marzu's going around. Ran really well in the Everest. Ended up coming third. Private Eye, Eduardo, Mask Crusader. Tommy gets the ride this time. And Pikey goes aboard. We own a smart one. Rocketing by, which somehow won at 70s that day as well. Kementari, Brutality. Uh, Brutality ran. It's been running all right. I mean, it's huge odds. Colding, Riadini, and Shelby going around once again. I believe... The sprint bonus comes into play here and lost and running for wins can win like $4 million or something, something, something crazy. I don't know. I might be wrong on that. Tom, you can tell me. You kick things off. Nature Strip Stakes, 1,300 metres this time. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's still on top of the um, the that sprint uh, bonus uh, series. So, yeah, if it wins, then it wins overall. Uh, what's Chris showing us? I've got the updated tallies here of the Sports Bet yep. Sprint Series. Oh, Eduardo is currently Eduardo is currently on seven points. Nature Strip seven points. Lost and running eight points. And Marzu is on eight points. How do the points work? Five, How do you get points? Yeah, uh, five there's... points for first, one for fifth, and right, and goes down incrementally. But double points here on the Nature Strip. So basically, Eduardo or Lost and Running or Marzu win they take out the bonus. Okay. And I think Marzu is the one. Um, I think Barrier 1, uh, 1,300, I think it would have gone close to the Everest last week. Um, if it was 1,300, I think it draws, yeah, it draws really well. Um, there's a couple I like in Mask Crusader, and I thought we own a smart one was good, and uh, the bit of jockey changing there with Barrier Mask. I mean, this is nice, like we saw Nature Strip, and a couple of other really fast types in the Everest last week. I just, I don't see Private Eye and, and Mask Crusader being really brought into it. We, we're seeing a lot of brutalities and rocking buys and Mask Crusaders that are going to need need a bit more pace in the race to really um really bring them into it. And I think Marzu just takes a sit, relaxes the whole race. And um, it's, yeah, I, I think it looks really good at 1300. So I'm going to go with Marzu. In saying that, lots and running Again, it, it had that week off really where it is. It's um it's a bit of a lottery and you're taking two sixty, but if he was up to his form before that um hiccup before Everest day scratching, then you gotta think it's a massive chance. But I'm gonna go Marzu. Koei, who is camp you in? I'm happy to go lost and running, to be honest. I think that um I don't know, like it's it was a shame that we lost him for the Everest days before and I I genuinely think that if he was there on the day, he would have won. 
I think looking at how it all worked out and where he could have possibly kept, I know it's all speculative and everything else with Toy, but just that, you know, the front four going fucking hell for leather and Lost and Running would have had a page right behind him. Yeah. I think it would have worked out really, really well. And I, I think it would have, yeah, upset the apple cart, so to speak, with Nature Strip losing and Giga Kick and the likes coming second. So I think, knowing that, I think uh, just the fact that it's John O'Shea's had a little tick-over trial in between, the camp are very happy. There's no niggling injury. There's no abrasions. There's, there's nothing. The horse is perfectly fit going forth into this race. Watching the premiere back, I know it was a, a close first, let's be honest. Like, it was yeah. only half a length in between it, but just the, I think that's why John O'Shea's given it that little tick over. I think just to keep sure, make sure that it's, it's right up the standard, everything is above board. I think loss and running is one of the good things of the day. I do agree. And uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of horses that I do have queries about, like Mars Crusader. I think it was very disappointing in that little uh, Everest contest. I mean, it came ninth, albeit like, I guess, the race. Yeah, it just didn't have the favours because it's just got poor gate manners and a bit of a head issue. Rocketing by is a long odd. No, thank you. Brutality. I think it could run a half a, half a race here. Could figure in the top half. Eduardo. I, I expect Eduardo, actually. Eduardo's the surprise package. I think he will improve off that. I think he will out and out lead. Probably get in more in his own terms than he did in that Everest with Mazu trucking him probably close by. So I think in terms of the map, Eduardo suits here. Whether it can stick out the 1,300 metres, I guess we'll find out. Uh, he's won over the trip twice, so I mean, I, I guess he can. But um, anything outside of that, I just oh, even private eye, I have a little skeptical thoughts about. I think that might have been his last 1200 meter run. It might be too sharp coming in third up into this race with a two week backup. So I do have queries, but I think Lost and Running is the best horse in this race, and I think he will win. All right, Lost and Running, you, Eduardo, too, obviously at like. 1300 might be it. I forgot to mention Jamie Carr, Frankie, obviously at Sydney as well. Uh, Chris, who's camp you in, mate, for the sprint? Yeah, look, Tommy knows I love him very, very much. He's an absolute legend of a bloke, but I think he is absolutely on drugs here. Mazu cannot win this race. Going to get a hard deck since synthetic, synthetic hoof filler first time. That's just screams absolute vomit for me. I think there's two and a half horses that can win. It is. Lost and running, who I have a conspiracy theory about kind of missed the Everest on purpose to target this and the sprint series. But I won't, I don't mean in the back that this is his little swan song, I think. Um, Private Eye, the danger. Jeez. All right. I like a little conspiracy theory. Unusual for old Chris. Golden Eagle, 10 million of the best, is going around light infantry, which has just been talked about left, right, and center since. It opened six bucks. It's $3 now. Chain of Lightning's there. Jamie Carr's riding 650. In the Congo is into 10 bucks. We're at double figures already with I Wish I Win hinged. Mr. Mozart, something I backed early, but put drawing 22, which is fantastic. Uh, Gypsy Goddess, Valana, Overpass, they're all there. Even Fangirl. Mate, this is a ripper. This is an absolute ripper. I've changed my mind 14 times just while looking at the market now and I think 100 times since the field came out. Um, and probably another hundred before race day. But there's um, the one I want to be with at the moment, I think, is in the Congo. I think he gets the soft blade. In. It's, I think, back on better ground. Well, winning uh, Golden Rose here um, in similar, yeah, in 
similar circumstances, I think. And Tim, Timmy's back on and he sounded really confident and really happy to be back on the horse. So I really like it. And Gay's come out and said he's one of the best riders in the country and they really backed him here. So at the moment, I'm on in the Congo. I backed I Wish I Win early and got very, very under. almost half the price it is now. But I'd still like to see it win. Uh, and Villano, I think um, massive price for a bad gate. But um, if they all spread out, it's it's going to go back anyway. So uh, I really like Nash on it. And I don't think the gate's too much of a hindrance for that price. So something each way on Villano. But I, I really like in the Congo at the moment. Kohai, I'll go to you in case I go to Chris and he just shuts down Tom again and tells him he's got nothing. But um, Kohai, who do you think, mate? Golden Eagle? I, I did like in the Congo, but I, I did rewatch the Golden Rose a couple of times. And I think if he gets it, I think he will be the outright leader and look at the speed battle. I think he draws really well and he will shoot forward. There's no doubt about that. But I just think that the last 100 metres, he might start paddling. I just don't know. I, I'm not overly confident about him stepping to the 1500. I, I do have a little bit of a reservation over, over the whole, you know, step up in trip, so to speak. I think the horse is rock hard fit and I, it's capable, but it'll have to be a really soft lead for him to sprint and win. And I don't know if that's going to exactly be the case with Mr. Mozart and the likes that are going to be kind of vying for it at front when the barriers open. So I'm actually not sure how soft he actually ends up getting it, but saying that he's going to look like the winner for a long way out. Dare I say, I think, not many people have really. I mean, the market suggests they're being tipped, but like in terms of the the tipsters, I think Chain of Lightning is boxed up so well. I know he is a very sorry. She is a very unexposed mare, but I think just the position and run. Peter Moody, Jamie Carr, Barrier Two gets that little bit of a weight relief because it's a, it's a mare. Uh, I just think where it settles and the fact that it's got a magnificent sprint off the leader's back. So if Indian Congo starts tiring, it's got the, the backside of it and it just peels out and just goes bang. I just think that it, that's the play. Outside of that, I mean, Tommy made a catch for Villano. I think you shouldn't be too disparaged by the the barrier. I think the, the market slightly over kind of corrected itself with that. And regards to it drawing the widest, I think it can find a nice run in transit I think the tempo is going to be on. So I think the back markets do come in play, which we have seen countless amounts or the fourth running of the Eagle and the the leaders, so to speak, have kind of petered off in the last couple of years with I'm Thunderstruck winning last year and Collette winning the year before. They've kind of come from the back of the field. So if that onset pressure is how I see it in the map, um, how I map it anyway, I think that the back markets and the bit worse of midfield come right into play here. So I wouldn't be against Villana for like a nice little each way. As for the favourite, I'm not sure what to think. I think light infantry, you look at its form overseas. We, it came second again in Spiral, which is a really, really, really good horse in the UK. Like, I mean, we're talking top 5% horse in Spiral is. I mean, albeit its last start wasn't great, but saying that, it's come second against her and or him, and you can't ignore that kind of form line. But I mean, I don't think it's really gone around the tight turns of 
Rose Hill per se, and and I want to be backing something like Chain of Lightning or even in the Congo. Yeah, like I said. All right, Chris, let her rip, mate. Shut down one of the boys. <laughs> no, look, I think the boys absolutely nailed this. The tempo is going to be on. They're racing for ten million dollars, so they're going to be going nuts. Which is why I question a horse like in the Congo can win. They're just going to have to do too much. I think the only thing I can add that no one's mentioned is Fangirl. Um, going to get back on the dry deck. It looks like he's going to be back and wide regardless. So Barry is no real concern. And if that tempo is as hot as I'm predicting, then has that sprint to come over the top. Uh, it is, it's such a good race. It's epic. It's actually so good. I could, you can make a case for, I reckon, seven, eight of them. I've got a little bit on fangirl. All right. I'm going to do something different. Before, boys, you can mention anything of any other races we haven't mentioned at Rose Hill, but towards the end, I'm going to ask you all for a declaration. It can be either a horse that wins or it can be a complete labour, like Chris just saying. Because yeah, I, I like those. Chris is pretty notorious for pretty much declaring a horse and saying money back if it doesn't win. Um, Tom, Kohai, any other race you want to look at at Rose Hill before we wrap up? Particularly for me, I mean, I think there is a couple of good. Th- it's a really, really good betting card come Saturday at Rose Hill. Much like Flemington, I think just the big fields and everything else. I think you can rule a couple of the the favourites there. So there are a couple of lay bets, but I, yeah, I need to dissect the market a little bit more for that. A bit early on in the day, they've they've started to smash it now. Look. Uh, Yeah, we're surprised, but I think it wins, and I think it was horribly ridden in the um, uh, in the Silver Eagle, and I think it would have done a massive, um, had a massive run in the Golden Eagle if you got a run and Berry's back on. So I, I think I think it's a huge chance. Um, in terms of the rest of the day, there's probably yeah, it's it, nice even day. I think Cameron's got a good chance, and uh, maybe Spirinac each way in the last, but yeah, that's probably about it for Rose Hill. All right, that was Waterford, race three, T. Berry, $1.95 now. All right, declarations. You can either say something won't win or say something will win. I'll kick it off, and it's a race that we haven't mentioned, but I'm kicking it off with race number one at Flemington. Kick off the day, 20 past 12, the Carbine Club, group three of the best. Tijuana wins. Tijuana is $4.20. I know J-Mac will probably... You know, he's on the favourite, Barrier 1, first race of the day, but I'm going Mark Zara, Ben and JD Hayes. $4.20 now was four eighty. I think it was pretty good in its win at uh, Mooney Valley, two starts back. was all right in the Caulfield Guineas. Not fantastic, but um, $4.20, it is going to win. I'm going to go to Chris. You can either bag a horse or tip a horse. I think I've already bagged the ones yeah. I want to bag. You bagged Marzu. I... Yeah, it, it, no chance. Now, nah, look, I think we've kind of covered everything. I will say I've got a bit more form to do and to check out the podcast Facebook page on Saturday morning, not just to see Coey's ride up, but I reckon I'll find the money back special for everyone. And I might even try and lay a fave somewhere. So I'll put that up there for you to follow. I've got this beautiful ride out that I've done on Flemington, but I just can't let it see the light of day because Coey's right up just makes it look so second rate that I just have to tear it up once I put my bets on. You can always send it to us, mate. We can proofread, edit it before it goes up. That's fine. Well, Chris didn't do any there, so he may give us one Saturday. Tommy, give me one. 
Uh, yeah, careful with Chris's. Uh, this isn't my one, by the way, but just careful with Chris's money back things. Um, <laughs> uh, he'll make better look like um, look like sports bet, I reckon, uh, if too many people get on. So just careful with Chris's uh, money back specials. I'm actually going to bag a jockey, and I reckon. Um, oh, you I reckon, go. I reckon Frankie's going to have a mare on a. I, I don't actually know how many rides he's got, but um, it's probably a dollar ten favourite, so it's pretty short. But I reckon racing Twitter going to blow up over Frankie in some way. So um, I reckon we're going to see a lot of Frankie. I don't want to say it, but I I want to lay light infantry. Okay. Oh, uh, that's huge. It is huge. I, I I don't know. I, I'm just not convinced. I, I need to see the writing on the wall. I know Inspiral is a great contest that it's had. Never run in Australia, though. First up into this. I know Jamie Spencer has said... I, I haven't been convinced about how Jam, Jamie Spencer has been speaking about this horse. I genuinely haven't. I don't know. Like I, I don't know if anyone else is feeling the same way, but... I'm not completely sold. I don't know if it's just the British way of speaking. <laughs> just the accent. But, like, but it's just being like keeping it real safe if that's the case because I'm just not convinced. And I, I don't know, like traveling, this and the other. I know the connections are real happy about it, but I don't know. Barrier eight, speeds on. It's going to be in traffic. It's going to need a run in uh, luck in running and everything else. I'm happy to lay it. Okay, love that. And Tony, just so you know, Frankie has four, four rides. He's on Yonkers, Colding, Wellwall, and Burning Need. So, zero from four. Zero from four. He, yeah, I can't copy him to be honest. All right, he's going to be dance though. Yeah, true, true. Big dance. Um, Melbourne Cup day. Uh, we'll probably jump on Monday night, do a Melbourne Cup preview, try and. Uh, get first fours, get trifectas, try and go through each runner. They're all pretty exciting. Uh, but, yeah, boys, good luck. All the best. I will try and cut up this and make us sound really good. <laughs> um, it's been really good working your IT skills at the beginning and mine as well. It's always good seeing that no one can hear each other. Um, it doesn't get any easier, this stuff. Chris, I know that Chris is notorious for, like, going to bed at 8.30 and getting up at like 5 a.m. and hitting the gym and doing all that stuff, aren't you, Chris? So thank you for staying up. It's quarter past 10. Busy week, mate, and I'm not even finished all the form, uh, but if you don't love it this week, then you're never going to love it. If you want something completely sick from me, I like a horse at Pakenham tomorrow in race two, which is at 1.30, so not too many people would have even listened to this by then. It is number 11, Rylov for Peter Moody. Is it currently a synthetic or on the turf? Currently about 550. It's a syntho. It's a syntho. Oh, you sicko. That is sick. It's had one run of <laughs> the shooter. One run of the shooter for a third. I'll speak to you next week. All right. Thank you, boys. Cheers, lads.